It's recording. Chat, we're back. We're doing it. We're, we're, we're coming back like Return of the Mac- Avengers. Return of the Avengers. Okay, I know you're just saying that to frustrate me. Don't. <laughs> we are 10 <laughs> seconds into the recording. Don't frustrate me. <laughs> we don't have real jersey numbers. We do have some bad jokes and hockey analysis. From the minds of Andrew Weiss and Chad Schnarr, this is Training Camp Numbers, a Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. We are back. Welcome back to Training Camp Numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Weiss alongside Chad Schnarr. After a brief hiatus, uh, just like the Lightning's postseason, we took a brief hiatus in the postseason. And we are back in action for just this one week until... Uh, who knows? But we're going to break down everything and anything Lightning-related in the last month, in the upcoming month, uh, in 2027, because why not? We do what we want. Uh, so once again, Andrew Weiss alongside Chad Schnarr. Chad, thank you as always for joining me on this beautiful Monday night. It is a beautiful night. Training camp numbers were issued today to the new uh, to the draftees and the invitees. So big up to all those wearing number 72. Because <laughs> uh, you'll look fast in that, but uh, at least Nolan uh, Foot got a real number, and for some reason, so did um, Max Crozier or Crozier got Alex Kalorn's number seventeen. That's weird, but anyway, another story. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> don't. I'm kidding. I'm ple- please. I'm kidding. I don't even mention swarmed with. <laughs> Does this mean Kalorn is leaving? Is he going to be traded? And it's funny because I'm making fun of it now, and then watch. You know, by the time this actually gets published, something that will happen. Um, it's not. I don't have a source. I'm not. I'm just spewing here. So please take that for a grain of salt. Um, but I do want to mention something very briefly that's not lighting related. And I'm just mentioning it because it's glorious. It's so glorious. It makes me want to sing Gloria. Except I have no desire for a uh, copyright strike on this podcast. So I'm not going to sing Gloria, but I will say congrats to St. Louis Blues on winning their first ever Stanley Cup. Incredible story. Uh, like I can't even name drop all the storylines that went with that, you know, firing the coach midseason, going from worst to first, you know, almost trading half the team away and, you know, making the trade for Ryan Ride before the season because he lost his smile in Buffalo, which, I mean, who can blame him? Patrick Brooklyn found out. <laughs> Giving up $12, $12 million just to not play in Buffalo. That's, uh, that's a bold move there, Cotton. Um, but the storylines write themselves and the best storyline of all is who they beat. And it's just, it's just beautiful seeing a Boston sports team losing in a championship. It's, you know, to see a Boston sports team go that far and get their fans hopes up that much just to fall short, you know, an angel got its wings, like a a division of angels got their wings. It's beautiful. It really is. And I'm going to completely discount the Bruins run to the finals too. Um, I mean, I hope that they thanked Columbus for knocking out the lightning and, you know, legit win over Toronto, a young Toronto team. Sure. Um, But the road there wasn't exactly as hard as what uh, St. Louis had to go through or what the lightning had to go through in 04, things like that. But yeah. All right. So you made it there and you got yourselves a nice banner. So, yeah, we got, that, we got Brad Marchand crying, so we got Oh, beautiful, and we'll get to that one in a second, but I do want to briefly mention congratulations to uh, my crush from high school, Jenna Fisher, a.k.a. Pam from The Office, uh, who is a huge blues fan, whereas Jim from The Office, her husband on the show, and uh, John Krasinski in real life, 
is a huge Bruins fan. So, you know, fun times there. And it was actually like the most I've seen hockey trending <laughs> in a long time was because of Pam versus Jim in the Stanley Cup finals. So that's both hilarious and incredibly depressing if you consider the state of hockey. But that's besides the point. Congratulations to Jenna Fisher. Uh, please return my calls. Anyway, uh, Brad, Mar- <laughs> Brad Marchand crying was... Please lift that restraining order. <laughs> I'm sorry I hid in the bushes. Oh, man, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gosh, there's probably children or impressionable adults listening thinking that I'm being serious. God, no. Uh, yeah, Jenna Fisher and I, yeah, every morning we'd have a great conversation. I'd say, good morning, Jenna, and she'd say, uh, honey, he's back in the bushes again. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, yeah, Brad Marchand crying. That was uh, well-deserved karma. I was very happy to see that. And let me make something very clear before I go into anything else. I am not making fun of someone for crying in a sporting event. Totally understandable. You know, that's a very emotional time. Anyone else, and I'd be like, all right, you know, I understand that's, you know, it's a tough time. This is all, but this is Brad Martian. This is, this is the guy who loves slew foots as much as he loves, you know, scoring goals. You know, he'll sneak up behind you and take your legs out. He'll stick his stick between your legs and, you know, give you a cup check. Uh, he's been fine. I think, it's, don't hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly from an article I wrote about him earlier this year, he's been fined six times and suspended three times, and a lot of other times have gone unnoticed or unpunished. This is someone who was so hated among the entire hockey world that one of my tweets actually did really good numbers, and that doesn't happen because I'm not funny, even remotely. So the fact that all my other tweets I put so much time and effort into, like video-wise, I mean video, like the videos I create, I'll spend hours on, and I'll be lucky to get 20 likes, which is fine. You know, I don't do it for the numbers. I do it for people to laugh because laughter is great, and, you know, I can sell that to an employer. Um, but I spent five minutes making a video about Broad Martian crying, and the entire hockey world showed up for for that video. And I'm not trying to do this to, like, brag about it. My point being is just – there's a reason that it did well, and that's because no one likes Brad Marchand outside of New England. Nobody. Maybe his parents back in Canada. Maybe. I pray for them. But, like, this, this is a man who I just I just don't respect as a hockey player. Um, I don't mind him as a person all too much because I've seen some of the good things he's done off the ice, and I, I like that. But this is a guy who who's – tried to hurt and injure people on the ice. I don't have time for that, and I don't care for it, and I don't like it. So to see him cry, you know, it's less about him crying than is seeing him sad, and that's instant hockey karma, and I'm here for it. I am 120% here for it. So there's that. <laughs> Chad, your thoughts? Um, I can't add anything to that. I agree with everything. I have loved, and I'm going to put in a blank here, whoever is playing the Bruins for all my life. So yeah, the fact that the blues won, I, it could have been the sharks. It could have been the mighty ducks from uh, Emilia Estevez day, but I, I'm just happy the Bruins lost. Sometimes you just have to cheer against people and that's where it ended up. <laughs> my, my life motto for sports is anyone but Boston. That's, that's, that's my Super Bowl team every year as the Patriots go every year. So it doesn't matter who I I cheered for a Philadelphia sports team because I don't like Boston. That and I don't like Philly that much either. So that should that should show you something. That was mm, gosh. Anyway, so as much as I love bashing Boston, I will move into something else. I do have some very quick personal news I'd like to share. 
And the reason that we are, are still figuring out the schedule for a podcast next year, I, I do want to mention, as of right now, we are, we are, that's a yes, we are planning to continue training camp numbers next year. So you will still be able to put up with the two of us making stupid analysis and really bad jokes and Chad, you know, not knowing the Avengers uh, for a whole nother season. That's, that's the cool. I saw that, by the way. But saw what? I don't want to, I'm not, I saw that movie. I don't want to steal your thunder here, though. Avengers Endgame? Yeah, whatever the last one was. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, we have more things to talk about afterwards. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so that is the plan right now. The reason I say that it's, it's tentative in terms of what we'll be able to you know, get done and, and the schedule when we'll record and yada yada is because I actually got a job. <laughs> Someone thought it was a good idea to hire me, um, which I'm not going to complain. I, I think it was a great idea. I think they did a great choice. Um, but I'll be working for the Bismarck Bobcats, uh, the Na- uh, North America Hockey League, the NHL. Um, it's a tier two junior team. They feed directly into college hockey, uh, and I'll be serving as their play-by-play broadcaster, as well as their director of media and broadcasting. So I'll be doing their media relations, their social media. I've already done a few tweets, um, which is ironic enough because all their bad tweets are for me. Uh, Father's Day, I tweeted out a picture of – it was a stock photo of a man holding his son, and I put a bobcat head on both the man and son. It was very disturbing and hilarious, and I thought it was great, so that was me. Um, so I plan on bringing my terrible and hilarious hijinks to Bismarck, North Dakota. Be moving up there in a few weeks. So goodbye, Tampa. Goodbye, Chicago. Love you both very much. But uh, yeah, that's the next step in my life. And on my career goal of becoming an NHL play-by-play broadcaster, this is the first step. So I look forward to working in Bismarck. And the best part about it, Chad, is that I am a Bismarck Bobcat. And you know who yes. else was a Bobcat, Chad? The Quinnipiac Bobcats, yes. Chad. Q-U-I-N-N-I-P-I-A-C Bobcats. That was a chance. That was it was a, a bold strategy to limit your applications to any team with the name Bobcats. <laughs> but glad it worked <laughs> out for you. Here's something crazy, though, is I was a Bobcat in undergrad. I was a Wildcat in graduate school. And now I'm back to being a Bobcat. Something about cats, and I don't know what it is because I actually prefer dogs in real life. But I don't know. I'm just, you know, go cats. I can just say go cats anywhere I go, and it'll apply to so many different things. It really uh, gives you pause, you know. Oh, sorry. I hope that sigh was audible enough. No, no it's <laughs> the perfect joke. Oh, oh man. Sorry. That was just... Carry on. For real. No. All right. Uh, that's it. Uh, I'm, done. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Did you write these down before we started? No. no. <laughs> oh, my God. A recording tomorrow stays up all night coming up with jokes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Perfect. There it is. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, speaking of things that are just ironic and hilarious, uh, Toronto, the city, finally won a championship, and it was not <laughs> in hockey. The Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship to become the first Toronto sports team to win something that's not CFL uh, in a long time. So no longer can we make fun of the great championship city of Toronto. Congratulations. I actually have a lot of friends that were cheering for Toronto. That's because all of them are Canadian. Um, most of them former hockey players I've worked with on different teams. So congrats to all of you and uh, enjoy it while you can before Kawhi Leonard leaves and the Toronto Maple Leafs fall apart in round one against Boston next year. So, you the know, Raptors to- are gonna, the Raptors are going to sign Mitch Marner um, and then Kawhi will go to the Leafs and then they'll trade him. I would pay uh, to Carolina. Kawhi Leonard on ice. <laughs> I would pay good money to see Mitch Marner try to dunk a basketball. 
back in the old days, we used to uh, think, could we get Derek Brooks on the ice or uh, Warren Sapp just to run around and hit people for a while? If you could just teach him how to skate, <laughs> he'd be like, Anthony Oh, gosh. It was skate and hit. It was beautiful. He'd take his helmet off and hit someone in the face with it. Evgeny Artukin is what Happy Gilmore wishes he was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of wishes, Toronto wishes they could afford Mitch Marner. Uh, restricted free agent season is coming, and that is going to be a big topic in this podcast today. Restricted free agents, RFAs, including Mitch Marner and uh, good old Canadian boy, Braden Point. So why don't we get into some lightning topics, since this is a lightning podcast. We are about uh, 12 minutes in. I don't know. Recording-wise, it's always a little wishy-washy trying to figure out exact timing because we start the recording way earlier and then cut it down to where it starts. So about 12 minutes in, we finally talk about the lightning. So let's talk about the lightning. Uh, Let's just do a very brief overview of the past season. Uh, Really good and then really bad. So there's that. Yep, that about covers it. Yep. Yep. Perfect. And let's preview the offseason. So this is a team that is losing a considerable amount of defensemen to free agency. Uh, they had, they went in with meh goalie depth and then ended up losing even more goalie depth. Uh, they also needed some defensive prospects in the system. And they could probably use a little bit of size, which is a term that gets way overplayed and way exaggerated, but in all fairness, they probably could use a little bit more of it. So preview of the off season. Why don't we just really briefly run through what's happened already um, without talking about the draw. We'll get into the draft uh, soon. Um, but first, you know, you obviously talk about the lightning loss after they lost in four games at Columbus. Um, don't know how that happened. Still, still trying to figure that out. I'll spend the rest of my life writing thesis papers about it and we'll never get to the bottom of it. But after that loss, they went on the offensive in the offseason. Uh, that includes re-signing Braden Coburn. That also includes a handful of other deals uh, that have happened already. And the big news of Ryan Callahan, not really retiring, I guess it's the wrong word, uh, but Ryan Callahan being told he can basically no longer play hockey because of a degenerative issue with his back. Uh, and that is extremely depressing news. Uh, Ryan Callahan, obviously uh, a good heart and soul player and also just, you know, a human being dealing with the back issue in his thirties. So uh, let's, let's talk about that briefly and, and what it means. Obviously it's, it's quote unquote good for business for the lightning because they don't have to worry about his cap hit as much, but this is also someone that I, I just, it just kills me when I see people who say, that, Oh, well, look at the, you know, the timing is it's real coincidental. It's like, okay, yeah, it's really it's really coincidental for a man to go through degenerative back issues when he's in his 30s. It just, it kills me. There's no way that this guy who's just like, let me take one for the team real quick and just uh, retire so that way they don't have to worry about my cap it. No, if you, like, any hockey player will keep going as long as they possibly can. Look at, look at Yamir Yager. He kept going until he could basically, couldn't even stand up. Roberto Luongo's, dealing with hip issues that could affect his career. Like the hockey players don't know when to quit until they're literally forced to, or no one gives them a shot anymore. So when you have people going out there with their tinfoil hats on saying, Oh, it's a good thing for the lightning. You know, this time is real coincidental. You know, Callahan was probably just like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll just sit out and you can pay me. No, (laughs) you don't know 
Ryan Callahan, you clearly don't know hockey players to think that that's same thing with Marion Hossa. Everyone did the same thing when Marion Hossa re- retired, you know, put on LTIR with the Blackhawks. They traded his contract anyway. Um, but then you read the story of what he put up with every day. Just remember that these are human beings. That's all I ask. I'm doing my rant now. I'm going to do it later. I'm doing it now. Remember that these are human beings and it's incredibly difficult sometimes to do what they do. And yeah, they get very well compensated and they get a lot of fame and fortune and et cetera, et cetera, to be gladiators on our, you know, icy stage. But it's, it's very, it's very frustrating when people forget that they're human beings who have to put up with these things and have wives and kids and lives to worry about, you know, for the rest of them. And so I just, I hope that if you're listening right now, you're not looking at Callahan as a cap hit or as a number or as business. And you're looking at that as part of who he is, but mostly the fact that this is someone who gave a lot of effort for the Lightning, whether it was 20 goals or not, which, you know, he, his scoring definitely depreciated. But this is someone that you can count on every single shift to be the hardest working guy out there. And I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head, well, throughout your rant there. But the storyline yeah, is a little that... Early. I, I meant to say <laughs> for later, but you know what? I just had to do it. No, it's good timing. It's fine. Uh, the storyline is that Ryan Callahan was told he can't play hockey anymore. Period. Full stop. That's it right there. The storyline is not the Lightning was able to put Ryan Callahan on long-term IR, which raises their cap ceiling by $2 million. No, that's not it. Yes, that is a, a byproduct of everything, but if they're looking at all the options um, – there's no way, as you mentioned, that they're going to say, hey, why don't you take this for the team? And if it's not Ryan Callahan quitting either, because if you watch the way he plays and everyone has and everyone knows the intangibles that he was brought to the Lightning for um, and what he gave, especially on the PK, and a guy is going to throw his body in front of 100 mile an hour slap shots like that. But yet he's going to just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to quit. No, nope. eh, sorry, it's not reality. So I feel bad for him. Um, definitely a warrior. My dad a few years ago was like, if you guys are going to get me a Jersey, get me a Callahan Jersey because he appreciated how hard he played. So, um, it sucks royally that he's not going to win a cup and I'm sure that'll keep him up at night. But, um, I mean, job well done for his career. That's for sure. There are worse things to be known for as being, than being one of the hardest working players to ever play in this era. And I, I hope that the Lightning do something with him, like coaching or you know some of the lines where they keep him around, because that's that's a guy that you know you learn a lot of lessons from him. It was always to me, I always liked having Callahan around in the playoffs because it's a level of accountability with him. You know, when yeah. when you're on the bench and you see that guy literally throwing his body in front of a shot to block it with no regard for his own health, how can you go out next shift and and, and half ass it? You can't. Exactly. You can't. So, you know, that – and for anyone who's like, oh, well, you know, this saves the money. This isn't a team afraid of a buyout. They're still paying Matt Carl like $1.8 million next year. It's the last year of it. But he only had two years left on his deal when they bought him out. You think they're afraid of buying out one year of Ryan Callahan? No. They'd get it done. So yep. don't don't give me the, oh, well, real coincidental. Yeah, sure, it helps business. But that doesn't – that's not the, the reason this happened. And that's a guy who clearly wanted to keep playing. And it's a good thing that he's willing to listen to the doctors because we know plenty of hockey players that are in the mindset of, 
well, I have to keep playing no matter what. And, you know, no matter yeah. what in 15, 20 years might be regrettable. So I think we're seeing a changing of the guard here. If you look at Strawman and Girardi and Callahan, all likely not being back next year, that's a whole lot of leadership in the room that they're that uh, the team is uh, the MMA Rangers are falling apart. Not I know, right? Now all they have is McDonough because they traded Miller. Yep. I mean, and speaking of McDonough, you're going to have McDonough and Hedman and Stamkos as the leaders, and Kucherov has to be better in that area. Braden Point's a former captain, and here's where all that drafting pays off to get those high-character guys. So they'll be fine, but uh, it is a little bit of a transition here going from the old guard to the the former young players who have reached uh, their primes. So let's let's go into the draft oh, we're to, talking about. Hmm? Do you want to talk about Coburn real quick? Oh, I do actually. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I was I was I was like, okay, if the next thing says draft, I definitely know there's something else. Yeah, yeah. So, we kind of skipped over that a little bit. Um, yeah, bring Coburn resigning. Also, Jan Ruda resigning. In theory, you could have your top six already signed for next year. With Hedman, McDonough, Coburn, Ruda, Sergachev, Chernak, those are in order of their their pay. Uh, the lines would more than likely be Hedman, Sergachev, McDonough, Chernak, Coburn, Ruda. Um, but I think the Lightning are still looking for a, a right-handed defenseman, uh, and that is you know that's that's curious, not curious per se, but uh, that might be because you know can they trust Sergachev with top pair minutes right now? And on the right, right now, side. on the right, exactly on the right side. And the answer is maybe. And because it's maybe you need to go shopping. And that's because you're a cup contending team. You can't afford to have too many maybes. Uh, right. I liked the Coburn resigning. I, I figured one of Girardi, Strawman, Coburn would be resigned. To me, Coburn had his best year of the Lightning last year. He was faster. He wasn't afraid to be physical as always. He was more involved in the rush. You know, he wasn't Hedman or McDonough. But that was a guy who, if they had to put him on the second pair, I'd be like, sure, go for it. And he's best suited as a third pair. Yes. But, but if you can, you know, I and I like the signing. One point seven million for two years. Uh, that's that's one point seven for each year, not not uh, total. Uh, but if he can display the same level of play that he did this year, I like it. Um, I know some people weren't happy with with the Ruta resigning, uh, but to me, one year, one point three million. Not a lot of risk for a guy that will probably end up being the seventh defenseman if they sign or go for one more defenseman. Um, it's relatively cheap. Obviously, you'd like your seventh defenseman under a million, but this is a guy who could step into the lineup and, and you know get the job done. He's not going to win your heart. He's not going to put up five goals a game. Obviously, no one does, but he's he just he's just a warm body that does enough to get by. And honestly, on the third pairing. At, at a cheaper price, that's kind of what you need. So. Yeah, Root is not a bad signing at all. I know people are trashing him a little bit. He still has – he's still ascending as a player. He's still on the younger side. He's uh, beyond the AHL, so he could be one of those tweeners. But if you can get a righty shot in that can give you third line – or third pair minutes, who's still ascending as a player, be it gradual, you take it. And he got put in situations that were a little over his head as a young player. And then Coburn, he looked better last year because he, with the emergence of Sergachev, he was able to step back onto the third pair and play more manageable minutes. And the matchups were friendlier. 
And one could argue that him not being in the lineup the first two games, especially game two against Columbus, really hurt the Lightning, especially uh, in puck retrieval and withstanding the forecheck against Josh Anderson and the like. So Iserman learned a lesson uh, his second year as GM where he didn't have the defensive depth that he needed. And it's almost like since that year, he went with a never again philosophy and he would constantly um, have those guys that could play the five, six role or sit as the seventh or eighth in the back and then make sure that he had AHLers that were high enough that they could come in. So there wouldn't be a situation where he would be dressing guys that were so green. And you've seen it with Breezeblad this year because he, uh, they bring they brought back Cameron Gaunts, so he is probably going to pass through waivers and be a leader for Syracuse again, and he can step in on the left side if the Lightning need it. Dominic Machine got his qualifying offer as a restricted free agent, so he is now waiver eligible. He's coming off his entry level contract. He's a former 35th overall pick. He led Syracuse in plus minus with plus 36 last year. I'm not a huge believer in plus minus unless it shows one way or the other being really high or really low. And he was plus seven more than anyone else on the team. His offensive numbers dropped, but he played more of a stay-at-home anchor role in a, in a pair with Syracuse. So he's probably going to be, I think, the seventh or eighth. And you might see a guy like Colin Miller be brought in, Justin Foxman on the um, uh, rumor mill. I still think a Tyler Johnson to Carolina for Justin Falk it makes sense. Uh, Tyler Myers is out there, although he's going to want no, like eight million no, a year. No, yeah, no, not at that price. No, right? no, so, no. If you're listening and you want Tyler Myers, no, no. he's a well, fine player. What about he is not eight million? No, Rick I don't want Rostelimin either. No, no, no. no. He's coming. It's happening. No. no. <laughs> I don't want any of them. <laughs> no. I kept putting out tweets. It's Thursday. Has Bristol Linden been traded as Hamp yet? And people were like, why do you want him? I, I don't. I'm really just throwing those out there for the comments because people hate him so much. His um, analytics I do, are one of the worst in the awful. And I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, end all be all in analytics because, and I've mentioned this before, just because of the fact it doesn't take everything into consideration. Uh, case in point, you know, Brian O'Reilly. Uh, but it, it's... <laughs> Is a good indicator of of a player's ability, and even though he was stuck on a terrible Buffalo team, I, no, just just no, no. I think he would be. I I agree. No, he looks like Draco Malfoy. Think he big would lift. be I'm okay. Not doing it. I'm not doing Draco <laughs> Malfoy big lift. I already made fun of him in a YC's Bolts breakdown. That's why I said word for word was uh, Rasmus Jalen is pretty tough for a guy that looks like Draco Malfoy with bigger lips. Um, and I just, I can't go back on that. So, you know, I'm sick to my guns and I'm going to say a big fat no, which is going to be great when we put out this podcast and Rich Lina comes to Tampa for, uh, Adam Ernie and a second round pick. <laughs> I think Colin Miller makes the most sense, but I don't know what the lightning would have to do to get him from Vegas because they can't really take on salary. Um, even though it's yeah, a manageable just, number. Just, I like I don't mind Colin Miller, but yeah, then then the term on his contract worries me. Yeah, I don't know how the Lightning are gonna do that. And the Lightning would have to move someone out, so it would have to be like a three way deal or two separate deals to make it happen. But for all that to say they're on the road. The exact too. numbers, Colin Miller is getting just a, a hair under four million a year until twenty twenty two. So that's three, a great manageable deal. So it's not bad, but it's just three more years. If he doesn't work out, 
you know, but it is a righty, yeah. and he is, you know, he's got a little bit of, you know, punk to his game. Yep, I like the idea of him. I think he has a little bit more um, physicality there than someone like Justin Falk does. Although Justin Falk can move a puck a we little bit better. If, we should see if uh, should see if we can steal Mark Stone from them. Yeah, if, uh, as, a throw, Vegas fans. as a throw in Mark Stone. Hello, Vegas fans. We, Lightning fans, will give you things in exchange for Mark Stone. <laughs> Julian Bridgewater going to uh, to Vegas saying, yes, hello, we, the Lightning, would like Mark Stone, and having Vegas completely laugh it off. Uh, well, I'd love to see Tampa go for, for Mark okay. Stone. Okay, that's that an would, easy uh, segue into yes. uh, a move that JBB did make. Yes, great. Segway game remains our best point, our best nice. strength. So if Iserman was Jedi, uh, Julian Breezebob might be on his way to being one also. He's a Padawan right now. He's, yeah, he's, I don't know what that means. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but... Um, we'll, we'll say if, if to make it more Star Wars, just to confuse Chad, if, if Steve Eisman was a master Jedi on the council, then Julian Breezebob is a newly appointed Jedi. Okay, so he wears the red. I don't know what that means. I love I just... breaking your mind with words. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, he's as good at what he does. Right. So Jimothy Timothy is gone. JT Miller. Right. Um, and Rest pepperonis. Yeah. So it, and we were talking about this before we started recording. It was so weird that we, the news came out that JT Miller was going to Vancouver for picks, and that's all it said. And then there's what, 20 or 30 minutes? That's a forever. Um, yeah. So I was sitting in my graduation, texting on my phone, trying to figure out what was happening while people were like talking, like, yes, Northwestern is quite eloquent. And I was like, this is great, but also hockey. So, you know, I had to do, a, had to do the hide my phone under my robe kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. But usually if a first rounder is involved, that gets leaked right away. And so they didn't say it was a first-rounder involved. They just said picks. So someone had asked me, uh, what do you think it's going to be? And I'm guessing, I'm looking at the Patrick Marlowe deal. The main asset the Lightning are getting back is Vancouver's taken cap money. Um, so I'm thinking probably a third and one other pick. So I was right. <laughs> but that one other pick, oh, my gosh. How I, the heck? I, so, I love it. I love so much the fact that Toronto had to pay a first-round pick to Carolina just to take one year of Patty Marlowe, and we're like, oh, JT Miller, you know, he's he's still young and pretty good, and they got they got a first-round pick from Vancouver. That blows up. And I want to give a, you know, quick, brief, you know, I, I like JT Miller. I wanted him to get more top six minutes. I'm kind of upset about it, but... That's a mid-money guy without a no-trade clause. So... He's the easiest to move. And yeah. Breezeboss said that after the draft, too. He was the easiest to move. And he probably got mean the most assets can't. out of them. Huh? He probably got the most assets. Like, trying to trade oh Palat, Palat would have been, like, a sixth-round pick, and then we'd have to toss in a seventh or something. Yeah, Kalorn like, the same, and then even Tyler Johnson. I figured he would be most likely to move because... Uh, goals are still the currency of the NHL. And He's he can play off center. a 29 goal year, still and relatively young. And he can play center. That's the big one. Yep. Everyone loves themselves a center. JT Miller can play center. So there you go. Yes, he can. 
He can play all over the lineup. That's his versatility. Oh, well, you know, uh, Jim Benning, as I speak as Julian Brisbois, he is pretty versatile and pretty young still. He could turn into something real special. I think that's worth, you know, a first-round pick. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Boom. Uh, I do want to mention briefly, and I'm sure you were going to, but I'm cutting you off because I'm a jerk. Uh, That first-round pick does have a condition on it. And what's that condition? It's next year's first-round pick unless Vancouver – does not make the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, then it goes to 2021. However, if it goes to 2021, it's completely unprotected. So, long story short, to put that in layman's terms or English or whatever you want to call it, if Vancouver misses the playoffs next year, then the pick in 2021 belongs to Tampa. If Vancouver misses the playoffs next year and does absolutely miserable the year after, then the Lightning might be in the hands or getting a high end lottery pick. So yeah, and then it's just short, like if you're Colorado a fan, yep, if you're a Lightning fan, you want Vancouver to suck for the next two years. That's yep, basically yep. what you need. And they don't have to suck this upcoming year as much, they just can't make the playoffs. Because they make the playoffs and they finish like, you know, you know, uh, like twentieth. That's a twenty you know, it's still a first round pick, it's great. But uh, I would much rather have a 2021 first-round pick in the top five. So, Vancouver, if you're listening, if you could just, you know, not do great for uh, the next two years, that would be splendid. Thank you very much. So, that was uh, a fun draft trade. Yeah, well, I and in that little uh, period there where we didn't know what the return was, um, I tweeted out. Patterson. <laughs> Elias Patterson. Elias <laughs> Patterson. Yeah, that was <laughs> Give me the rookie of the year to the team that doesn't need him at all. Uh, I said that I liked the trade for Vancouver, and people were like, how can you like the trade for Vancouver where you don't even know what's coming back? Well, that's not the point. The point was I like what JT Miller brings to them uh, with that versatility, as you mentioned. It kind of reminds me of when Jay Feaster went out and got an overpaid for Ruslan Fedotenko. And I think JT Miller is better than Ruslan Fedotenko was at the same time. And he does have upside like Fedotenko had a little bit of. Um, And the thing with JT Miller, I'm going in two different sentences here, but people are already trashing him. Go for it. (laughs) People are trashing him already. Like, well, he's a fourth liner. Well, he's a fourth liner if that's where he was forced to play. Yes. And I'm not going to get into a whole thing about um, why he should have been higher, but it, he yeah. should have been higher. I can feel your anger growing inside you. You don't know that and reference, but I'm saying it. <laughs> I do. I do know that reference. You do? So, I do, actually. So let yeah. the anger flow through you. Yeah. Um, Spock said it. <laughs> anyway, um, he's coming out of college. Those guys uh, are a little bit older usually. He hits pros at 21. He's 26 now. His first three years were split. What you see out of JT Miller is what you saw when he first came over to the Lightning, and he, what, scored 10 goals in the last 30 games or whatever it was. Um, That is what Vancouver is going to get, so I really like that for them. And then they threw on that that first-rounder came out and was like, all right, I don't know if I like the deal from their perspective, but suddenly that original tweet that I had has been picked up by Canucks fans about how I love the trade for Vancouver, even with the first, but that was delivered before the first came out. But all that to say, good trade for Vancouver. I love what it gave the Lightning. I still can't believe JVB fleeced them like that. But 
How that affects the Lightning, though, in the forwards, I think Ernie moves up. I think Matt Joseph could move up. I think it means Verhage gets into the lineup. So it'll be interesting. Interesting indeed. And speaking of interesting, it was the NHL draft, which means new toys for Chad to talk about. Chad, I'm just going to push back my computer and let you speak. Tell us, Chad, your thoughts on the Lightning's 2019 NHL draft. I think you saw from Steve Iserman and Julian Brisebois that it was kind of Steve Iserman who was reaching for players early, and Brisebois was like, yeah, that's cool, we'll reach for players. Or maybe it's an Al Murray thing, I don't know, but Iserman taking Cider uh, so early at six overall when Cider himself is kind of shocked that he was taken that early but um, wait Steve Eisman potentially missing a first round pick no that can't be sorry continue most that's all right most people (laughs) had foot going kind of mid to high second round so he ends up going at the bottom of the first and it's not unheard of at all to have a guy who uh, was projected to go in that area end up at the bottom of the first and with a lightning not having a second round pick them really liking foot Maybe they tried to trade down. I don't know, but they ended up getting the guy who they like. Now, the knock on Nolan Foote is that he's not – he doesn't have good feet, ironically. And I'm not going to get into foot puns because I'm already sick of them. But – That was a Twitter moment. The, the, the first Twitter moment I've seen about the lightning in eons, and it's about how people are making foot puns. And I wasn't even part of the foot puns because I was graduating oh, and too busy nice. moving out, and I didn't even get to make a joke. And you know that my puns would have been – Top-tier, elite Joe Flacco puns, and I'm very upset. I'm sorry to hear that. Continue. Uh, R.I.P. that. (laughs) R.I.P. the dream (laughs) of making foot puns. Oh, man. I I really got off on the wrong foot there. Sorry. Continue. Uh, There there we go. Um, Yeah, the thing is is that his skating is not where it should be, they say. Yeah. but the, the Kelowna GM said that his skating is better than Calfoot's was um, at the same age. And Calfoot's skating is just fine. And the Lightning have done wonders with Barb Underhill and players skating recently. So I'm not really worried about that. Kelowna wasn't really a great team. Foot played all year with a broken wrist. Still put up about a point per game. Um, and played in all-game situations. So sometimes if the team is bad and the player's stats are a little bit down, the player drops a little bit, and I think that was the projection. And I think we saw later on with um, – uh, I'll never get his name right – Chaikovic, uh, Max Chaikovic. Uh, if you're on a bad team, sometimes you fall, and uh, Al Murray has been good about realizing how good the players are, not for what they did this past year, but – how good they project to be. So I like the Nolan. Once again, pick. once again, the Ryan O'Reilly factor. Being on yeah, a bad right? team does not make you a bad player. Exactly. And when are people going to realize that? I always remember Mike Green um, with Saskatoon and Washington took him and he had like a minus rating of like minus 160. Maybe not, but it was close. And he's had a fine career. So yeah, not having it. So I like Nolan Foot, And uh, it is... There are two narratives going on right now about the size factor. The Lightning don't need size because you have to have size and be a big team to be successful. That is correct. 
Okay. Wait, they do not need size. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. The second part of that, well, because it's not that old school or the old ECHL, let's just beat them up. If you can't beat them, beat them up thing. No, that's not it. But what is true is your roster composition has to have variety. And right before the draft started, or actually right after the Nolan pick, Nolan foot pick, um, I did a depth chart of the Lightning to see how many players in the system itself were 6'3 or above, and Foot was the second one. And then it looked to see who was 200 pounds or over, and there was three, and JT Miller was one of them. So the Lightning had to have some size in the farm just for variety's sake because everyone else was 6'2 or below and we know that most of the additions that have had an impact recently have been under six foot and under 5'10 so I really like the pick for that but and then uh you cool if I go through the others real quick here yeah go for it do your thing all right so Hugo the keeper I like the fact that he's coming he's got good size 6'2 um from Jean the goal coach goalie coach for the Lightning works well with patient goalies who are big and then they rely on position and then use their athleticism only when necessary follows the puck. Well, he's a good, com- uh, uh, has a good compete level. Uh, Al Murray said what they really liked about him is that when he led Sweden to the gold in the U 18s, he did it uh, on home ice with, which comes with a ton of pressure as Connor Ingram will tell you. So will Dustin Tokarski from back in the day with the World Junior Championship. So I like that he's mentally tough coming through that. I love the Chaikovich pick late in the third round, and that was with the uh, – no, that wasn't with the uh, Vancouver pick. Hugo was. But Chaikovich was the first overall import pick last year. He played on a terrible team. But watching his highlights and then just uh, reading people who have seen him play more than I have – um, they really like his upside. So what I wanted to see from Brisbane was not just safe picks. I wanted to see him take a little bigger uh, swing for the fences with some of these. And I think he did. And Crozier, uh, righty D who can move the puck. He's got warts all over his game, but he's going to Providence. So he'll have plenty of time to work those out. Um, Schmeeman uh, is a safe pick, a lefty D. Uh, he's one of those guys, kind of like an Anton Strahlman, an older version, not the oldest version, but an older version where he's just steady and smart. And I think there's value Anton there. Anton Strahlman, the old version. <laughs> exactly. Um, the pick I like the most is Shaligan or Shalagan, however you want to pronounce it, the Russian who's 6'4". Shalalalalalala. Yeah, scored more goals that is than how Peter Kucherov it. did in the MHL over there. Granted, he was a year older at the time, but... He did get some KHL time. So if you can get a guy 6'4 that has those hands, who has a couple games of KHL experience, next year he's probably going to play in the VHL, which is the equivalent to the AHL over in Russia. I just love that pick. And then McCade Webster, um, what Al Murray said about him was that if they didn't take him now, after he goes back to USHL Green Bay next year, He's probably going to be a third round pick, third or fourth round pick next year. So they're getting them now projecting what he'll do next year. And he's going to be off to the University of Denver 
in a year and a half or whatever it's going to be. But overall, though, I thought it was a good draft. And I know people like grades because in the NFL, you can do that right away because players are jumping right in. But it doesn't work that way. So looking at the farm and what was needed and what the upside is versus the probability level and stuff like that, I think they really helped themselves this year. And that is the end of my draft speech. So you may talk now. There's a good segue right there. It's your turn to talk. (laughs) Quality, quality segue. Um, I'll keep it very brief. I liked the draft. I thought it went well. Uh, I was graduating that day, so I didn't really get to pay much attention to it because I was too busy getting a piece of paper that was way too expensive. Um, But, yeah, so draft went well, as far as we could tell. Um, I will rant about my size thing later. Uh, because people like to believe that size matters, and I'm here to tell you it doesn't. Um, not necessarily. It does to some degree, but, you know, not completely. But that is for my rant section later. Uh, uh, can I put a shameless plug in here for the draft? You can always put a shameless plug in here, because I do that half the time on air. Our, this is, what, Monday night? Our dra- our rankings go up tomorrow, so we just finished them today. I'm the doing prospect a rankings? Today. New prospect rankings, first time since November. Who's number one? Um, I'll tell you that his last name is a part of the body. This is, this is why I'm single. I don't know anatomy. Oh, Joe man. Arm. No. Uh, last uh, body. Now if I look at their, I'm, I'm literally on cap friendly right now going through. Let's see. Point is not a part of the body, although you can point to things. But what Chad do not get point, Oh, man, a radish is a food. Oh, man, beret boulet is, is French for something, but I don't think it's for left pinky. There's uh, two of them. We just uh, did puns uh, about them. Oh, oh my God, I'm stupid. It's a foot. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I finally got to the bottom of the cat family page. No, I finally got to the bottom of the cat family page. I wasn't thinking about it. We've been all the stupid foot puns. Oh, darn it. I'm on boltprospects.com looking. That's how I know. <laughs> That's our tagline. You said it wasn't up there yet. I wasn't going to look there. Well, actually, it is a point. That's not a part of the body. (laughs) I was was going to say, he's not talking about, like, Johnson or Joseph, (laughs) because those are, like, slang words, but I don't think he would mention that. Okay, well, anyway. So, uh, funny names aside... Uh, let's talk about some more funny names, and those are the ones that could be signing with the Lightning. Free agency is very close to us. Um, I do want to mention very briefly that uh, my family planned an incredible vacation for a week before uh, my work starts, you know, family trip, just because, you know, we don't know when we'll be able to do it again. I'm very excited. I'm very happy. My mom does a wonderful job, and my dad does a wonderful job. Planning these things out so we can get to see our family, which is very important these days. Make sure you see your family. It's very important. Um, but I do want to mention the, the one con I have about it is that it it's very limited Wi-Fi. And that is not usually an issue. I, I usually like that for a vacation so I can just disconnect from the world and be one with my inner chakra or whatever the hell it is. Uh, here's the issue. The vacation starts this Saturday the 29th, and it goes until the 6th of July, of July which oh is wonderful. I am, I am, it's an extremely first-world problem of me to complain about a vacation. I understand that, and so I apologize if I sound you know, too bratty about it. But uh, And I'm very excited for the trip. The, the issue is I like hockey, 
and I like rumors, and I like signings and trades. And July 1st is in that span. And July 1st is a big day because that's the day when you can sign people in unrestricted free agency and restricted free agency, which means offer sheet. It also means signing a right-handed defenseman if they need to. Um, or a goalie because – Tyler Myers. That. Stop it. Um, but it's – so, like, I'm going to be scrounging for Wi-Fi just to be like, oh, my gosh, this, this fourth liner just signed in Anaheim and just freaking out about it because that's what I do. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. But free agency for the Lightning. Let's focus on the Lightning right now. Uh, there's been a few names linked to the Lightning in terms of, of visiting and talking just to figure things out. And the one that it intrigued me the most was Sharks uh, forward Joe Pavelski or Joe Pavel Slalom or Joe Pavel Skiboard or whatever you want to call it or Snowboard. Don't probably. do it. Don't do that. Uh, I, I, I have to. It's my nature. Well, to quote to quote Pirates of the Caribbean, it's my nature. It's a slippery slope. It's my nature. Would you, would you love me if I was anything but me? Um, which is ironic because that came from yeah. Anyway, so Joe Pavelski has been linked to the Lightning in terms of intrigue. I don't know if they'll actually be able to afford him. The short answer is no, they won't. Uh, but I like that idea because if you look at what the Lightning been missing last, this past postseason and in postseasons of recent years, size. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, and you look at I'm gonna smack you. And you look at what Pavelski brings to the table in the postseason. There is a very clear match there, so it's intriguing. The issue, of course, being price, and you know that you can only afford so much. Uh, but moving J.T. Miller and, and getting Callahan's contract one or another off the books, and having Matt Carl's contract eventually come off after this year. Uh, that there is some money long term. You got to remember Vasilevsky and Sargachev, but there is some money. So it's interesting to me because I would like to see them pitch it to him and try to get him for, I don't know, seven million, maybe eight at most. But if they could get him, if they could, okay, if they could get Joe Pavelski at seven million for like four years. Which is not happening in, in a million years. But if that could happen, I would be so happy. And also, I would absolutely call my Sharks friend Kevin and rub it in his face because he would be very upset. But Joe Pavelski would be a very intriguing signing, as well as Corey Perry, a one year deal with bonus laden incentive. So it's very low overall salary. Is also intriguing to me just to see what he could do, but Pavelski more so, um, just because of what he brings to the table. I'd like to see Perry versus Marshawn, what five times <laughs> a year or whatever it is. <laughs> that would be a, that would be interesting. Yeah, Corey Perry is not afraid of it, to to muck it up a bit, so which is a big reason why I'd like to see them at least talk to him and see what he'd take money wise, especially with the buyout. You know, he'd be a lot cheaper. So yeah, anyway, these are players. I, the bottom line to me is I, I think that this team needs a top six player, a top six forward. I really do because when you have your top line of Kucherov and Point and your second line of Stamkos and then you interchange all the other parts, you're going to get Kucherov, Point, Johnson or Kalorn or Palat or Stam- Stamkos stuck with Palat for four months where Palat manages a total of four goals. It it's It's frustrating to me. And yet – he was playing over JT Miller and yeah, at yeah. the end they would only alternate him on the second power play unit from the low post. Don't get me started on that either, but it yeah. just, it, it boggles the mind, but it, it's, 
it's a very much a luxury because of how good this team is. And as we could see from the fact that they led the league in wins and scoring last year, they know how to score. But I would like to see, you know, someone, I'd like to see someone with Stamkos, honestly, because Kucherov point, they're very good together. That's fine. Just like Kucherov Stamkos two years ago are very good together. It just, it crushes me when you have a guy like Stamkos who could easily put 40, if not 50 in the back of the net in one year. When he's healthy, which he was this these past few years, um, mostly this past year, um, but this past year show, it sh- he showed everyone that when he's healthy, he's a you know a high end elite player in this league who's you know deserving of a high end contract. He put up incredible numbers this year, and I feel like people are forgetting that ninety eight points, forty five goals. You know, yeah, a lot of it had to do with his ability on the power play. But this is nothing to scoff at. That's a lot of points. And he wasn't playing with Kucherov. He was playing, I'm pretty sure his most frequent line mate was Andre Palat. And it, you know, to me, that's that's awful. awful. And it's not a shot at Palat as much as it is the fact that, you know, he's not the the same playmaker that he might have been in previous years, which he never really, you know, was like this high-end guy. But... You know, his his best year as a playmaker and as the a player in general right? was his rookie year. You know, yeah. his rookie year put up 63 points in 75 games, including 47 assists. His highest total since that was in 16-17 when he put up 52 points, including 35 assists. That year, so 50 points and 35 assists. So let me briefly do this. J.T. Miller. What did I say? 35 assists, 52 points. So 35 assists, 52 points. Let's go to JT Miller playing fourth line this year. 34 assists, 47 points. Playing fourth line minutes, almost the exact same thing from Andre Palat's best year after his rookie sensational year. Are you kidding? It's not just the stats either. You have to use the eye test too. Yeah, the stats are just just a little bit of an incentive for people who who aren't watching as much. Oh, sure. But it's just frustrating to me because you did – just give Stamkos a uh, just give Stamkos a, a, a playmaking wing. I'm not asking for Mario St. Louis again. That was incredible. But we saw and we saw what he could do with a playmaking wing. But when he's the driving guy in his line with no other drivers, two complementary players and one driver. Whereas when he was with Kucherov, you have two drivers. If you have two drivers on that line, Stamkos is someone else who can drive possession, who can make plays, who can do something where Stamkos can just get open and shoot which is not the only thing he can do, but is the best thing he does, then you have success. And the as good other, as their depth is, as good as it is, in the playoffs, you've seen it time and time again that that depth is not as important as your disappearing top lines, which is why you know St. Louis had depth, but they also had guys like Ryan O'Reilly show up. Vladimir Tarasenko showed up. The Sharks had a really good postseason. Because Logan Couture is consistently one of the best playoff performers. Joe Pavelski is a good playoff performer. You know, you have to have your top line guys show up. The Boston Bruins lost because Marsha and Pasternak Bergeron got shut down at five on five all series. You have to give some talent. And when you can't give your talent and you're relying on a line of Paquette, Ernie, and Martell, or whoever their fourth line is, to chip in a goal here and there, and now it's the playoffs, we need you to chip in more, that's an issue. So that that's just me, but you, you you can't keep relying on oh well the depth will cover it. You need to get your top six guys the ability to go out there and dominate consistently. 
if you have Stamkos and Kucherov together, if you have Stamkos and Tyler Johnson together, or whoever you have as a playmaker on one wing, the other wing has to, one, be able to skate, and two, be able to create space. And that's why JT Miller fit that role so perfectly, but yet wasn't used there. They kept trying Kalorn there from time to time, but he doesn't have the skating to do it. JT Miller did, but he just wasn't there very consistently. What I like about the Pavelski thing, which didn't even cross my mind until Pierre Lebrun uh, mentioned it today as Tampa as a possible destination, is the variety it gives them. If you move Stamkos to wing, does Pavelski take center there? Do you put point with Kucherov? I still think that at some point, Anthony Sorelli is going to be a wing, at least temporarily, on one of those lines because despite his small, smaller size, he does create space and he's great along the wall. Um, I think that uh, if the Iser plan is something that has to continue going, Matthew Joseph is not a guy who's going to stay his career on the third line. He could move up at some point, but uh, I'd really like to see one of those mid-money guys, another one gone, and that would open up spot on the third line, but then bring in someone who's going to be able to go top six and maybe not for a long period of time, but uh, still enough to where um, Joseph and some of these prospects can, can end up there at some point. But um, looking, is there anyone you have your eye on for who might be available um, free agency wise? Like Maroon can't really keep up with that line. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, uh, most of the uh, UFAs aren't really impact guys up there. Um, I like Corey Perry as an idea. I don't yeah, know. I like him be able as a do. fourth liner. I, I like him as a middle six, um, just to see what he can do if he's healthy. Um, and also with big if. And also with people that actually know how to play hockey, considering who he's been playing with recently. That said, he's not the Hart Trophy winner he once was, but I would be interested to see if he could do, you know, a la Chris Kunitz, although that didn't really go well. Maybe Brendan Morrow. A la Brendan Morrow, where fourth line is probably the preferred option, but also he could, you know, jump up if needed to. Although that wasn't really Morrow. Whatever. You get the you get what I'm saying. Uh, Pavelski will be probably too expensive. I'd love to see him. Uh, a guy that puts up 38 goals, but like I said, probably too expensive. Unless um, he does like a Timu Solani thing, like he did with Colorado, or or was it Solani or Korea who took less money to try to go for a cup? Um, I think mean, that's the Solani. only way it would kind of work. Pretty sure Solani. Okay. Uh, Korea was there too. Through. You know, it would be interesting. I'm not sure what he'd cost, so you know, don't hold me to it. Uh, Gustav Nyquist. Yeah, doesn't really have the physicality, but what was it, no, 62 it points last year? 60, uh, 60. Yeah, 60, okay. yeah. 38 assists, 22 goals. He's shown ability to make some plays. Um, if he, you know, it's all, you know, it's all expense. It's all yep. price. If he's too expensive, then don't bother. But if he's not out of the price range, you know, it's not necessarily worth. It's, it's not, a, I'm not against giving it a look. Um, yeah. Anders Lee will probably be too expensive, but that's yeah, a guy. He's probably going to Minnesota too. Yeah, he's a poor man's Joe Pavelski uh, in terms of goal scoring from the net. You know, quick shot stuff. Um, but like you mentioned, that yeah, probably probably going to Minnesota. <laughs> Thomas Vanek, <laughs> well, 
He's been everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been to Tampa yet. Uh, I, I do like Richard Ponick. I do like Richard Ponick. You know, I mentioned that a couple of months ago, and I got lit up for it. But he didn't have a bad year in Arizona. I mean, he wasn't no, perfect. But if you look at, I don't, uh, I don't expect him to play top line minutes, but you know, no, his line. points per sixty minutes played were like up there among the team leaders. Um, he does have size. He does still play like a bull in a china shop. He has soft hands. There's just zero consistency there. He'd be a guy that would start off on your fourth or third line and maybe would move up. And I think the Lightning have too many of those right now. Um, so I guess we'll see what what happens there. I think they'll probably have to go to the trade route. They've got a horde of forward prospects to deal from. If it's Kachuk or Radish or hopefully not Barry Boulay. If it's Verhage, who doesn't have a ton of value, um, Mitchell Stevens, moving someone like that in a deal might be worthwhile. Just someone with a little bit of size and grit. A few free agents just because their names intrigue me. Uh, Brian Boyle is always interesting to me just because I know he liked it here. I don't know if he'd fit, but I I I do. I I do love Brian Boyle. uh, When they qualified Paquette, I think that sealed fourth line center. Yeah, that's the issue. Uh, I I like Jonas Donskoy. The issue is once again price. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, I like he, him. He he he'd probably get four million. Yeah, but um, he's more of a third liner again. Yeah, oh, these are not top line. No, you you're not going to get top line guys here. No, I think. But um, it's more of the same. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind giving a look at Michael Furland. The issue is is his. Is he healthy consistently? If he's healthy, um, I would absolutely take him. Uh, yeah. Because I know he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he plays hard. He plays a heavy game. Yes, he plays a very, very heavy game. You know who is a free agent? Mm-hmm. Andre Schuster. He signed in China. Yeah, I saw that. And what? I guess if you play there for like a year, uh, you can, you're can you eligible to play for their Olympic team the yes, next probably, time. Probably why. So he's going to be uh, – You know, Chris Kunitz is available again. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, funny funny joke. Tanev is intriguing to me. I like – wait, is that the Tanev in Vancouver or the Tanev in what, Winnipeg. Winnipeg? Okay. Yeah, bottom liner. Oh, he's yeah. These are, these nice are all bottom, bottom liner. None of the guys I mentioned. I just mean in terms of well, a little physicality, a little size, can chip in every now and then. What about Eric um, Howla? I never pronounced his name right. Howla. Howla. With uh, Vegas. Is Eric Halla available? I mean, he's... I don't I, know if he is, but... I do like him. I, I don't think he's, he's overly def- big either, but he's got a sneaky good points per game thing going on. That he does. I would not mind a look. Oh, man. There's there's a, there's a plenty of, of fourth-line, third-line kind of guys that are scattered around this list I'm looking at. and uh, Oh, Andy Andriov. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's ours. Return. Um, anyway, so let's let's go into uh, prospect camp. Starts this week. Actually, starts tomorrow. Which by the time you hear this episode, probably be today or a week ago or a month ago, depending on when you're listening. But prospect camp starts tomorrow. Uh, this episode, this podcast is called Training Camp Numbers. Uh, this makes me very happy when I see training camp numbers tomorrow. Uh, but I'm curious, Chad, as the prospect guru of the Lightning. Who should we keep an eye on? Well, Andrew, I think um, actually I want to. I would like to see how well um, foot skating or Nolan foot skating is right away. Um, I'd also like to see how good of a skater 
uh, Abandonado, Peter Abandonado, who is a AHL signing out of the queue. He led them in point, led the league in points with 111 as an overager. But seeing him and Jimmy Huntington together would be interesting to see if they're legit prospects or they just benefited off being older players in the queue. But um, really, I would go just to watch Hugo and Magnus Torona and how they do. Um, the two Swedish goalies, we don't draft any Swedes, we don't draft keepers, and now we're drafting Swedish keepers. Um, Why is crazy? Uh, I would pay attention to Shalagin, um, the big Russian, and I want to see what Sammy Walker does again because last year uh, he really did a, a number on everybody. Just his skill is off the charts. Um, what about uh, our good giant friend Oleg Sosinov? So Sunov, you know they know brought in another um, uh, defenseman name, Louise Crevier. Out of uh, Quebec City, he played with Shakutami, and Shakutami has the big uh, Olympic ice. And Crevier is six seven, and then you've got Sosunov, who or Sosunov, however we're going to say it, at six eight or six nine. The thing we just had this conversation with uh, the BP staff, um, like where should we rank Sosunov? And he didn't do anything in the AHL, which is not atypical at all. But then he didn't do anything in the ECHL either. And aside from his good start in Moose Jaw, he hasn't really done anything since he's drafted. I don't really have a lot of high hopes there. But people love watching him in camp. And you'll see Joe Smith and the like talk about um, how well he skates. But his the hockey IQ is where it's at. And I don't know that he has a lot of it. But anyway, also, those are some guys I to briefly watch. mention. Uh, fun drinking game when you're reading a Joe Smith article. Take a shot every time he links to another one of his articles. You'll be dead in ten minutes. <laughs> that's great. good. Uh, not that's not a shot at Joe Smith. He does he does some good stories. Um, no, I think that's really an stories. athletic rule. I, I it is. I'm almost. It's also good SEO practice. It is 100 percent good SEO practice. I just find it funny because every time I scroll through, there's so much blue there. I think I'm reading. Oh you know, yeah, no, totally. Funny. But it's just funny to me because I'm a child and things are interesting. Um, I'm also a journalist, and I like looking at how people do their stories and their setups. But it's just funny to me because I see so many links in those stories. Um, and they're so obvious, too, because, like, I'll read one of his stories. I'm like, wow, that's a really good story. And then the next story will come out, and, like, let's say it's on uh, Brain Point, you know. Uh, it was, like, Brain Point, you know, really eager to resign in Tampa. And the next article will have nothing to do with Brain Point. It'll be like, you know, as noticed when Braden Point was really eager to re-sign in Tampa. And then there's like, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, he does some good work, too. Um, let's uh, let's briefly talk about the NHL. Unless there's anything else you want to mention in Prospect Camp? Uh, no, not really. Um, one more name for you. Cole Gutman had a good year at Denver. Another small skill guy. Is he, who is he first on your prospect list? Gut. That's a, that's a part of oh, the Oh, yeah. Right. There you go. Uh, no, I'm no. learning. He's, He's not. I uh, I do want to mention, I was looking at free agents on Cap Friendly. Great website, by the way. Use Cap Friendly. It's fantastic. And I got to the point where um, it's people who didn't play at all last year. And some of these names are just great. Like Eric Brewer, BJ Crombine. You know, bring back Merrick Zidlick. Oh, Kari Lettinen, Rob Scuderi, Ben Wapulia, Dylan Blugis, former Lightning. Hey. Dylan Blugis. <laughs> Yep, him and Dotson were together, and if Blue just doesn't get hurt, Blue just probably gets the recall instead of Dotson, and Dotson got it and ended up sticking. Johnny Oduya. 
If anyone signs Slava Voinov, I hope that their karma gets smacks in the face. Uh, Anyway, so NHL topics besides Slava Voinov. The NHL awards happened recently. The Lightning taking home a few pieces of hardware because apparently the Stanley Cup isn't good enough for them. Um, Nikita Kucherov already won the Art Ross, also won the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay Award. Congrats to Cooch on one of the greatest seasons ever in the sport and the greatest season in Tampa Bay Lightning history, arguably. Uh, Vasilevsky taking home the Vezina Trophy. Uh, a lot of people thought that Ben Bishop was robbed of that trophy, which I kind of giggled at because uh, he had a really good year, but he also had almost the exact same stats as his backup Anton Kudobin and only played around 40 games. So to me, that's not... I mean, I love Ben. I love Ben Bishop. Don't get me wrong. The guy's an awesome person, and he had a great season. He definitely deserved a top three finish. Um, Robin Leonard, the exact same thing. Both of those guys, you know, it's it's uh, to me, it's it's Vasilevsky. So, anyway, those are the awards. So, congrats to Lightning. John yeah, Cooper the only not... thing I didn't like with the awards. Oh, were you going to talk about Bishop? No, I was just John Cooper didn't win. And yeah. I was I was kind of stunned that Hedman was even top three. I thought he had a really good year, but he wasn't. He was he was not winning the Norris. <laughs> he was not. No, no. Uh, but I'm. It's glad a good day it. though when Lightning players are getting reputation uh, award yes. nominees. Absolutely. Um, so let's go really quick with everything else because we're already kind of over. Uh, what did you? What were you going to mention? Oh, the Ben Bishop um, games played. Yeah. People's that. The thing people have to realize about awards is that they ignore, when they come out, they ignore who won and they say why the person who finished second had to win. So if it would have been flipped, it would have been the other way. So, yeah, um, I think Cooper should have won. Um, it's a fantastic year, but it's voted on by the broadcasters, and they will always vote for uh, a good story. story. You know how yeah. you broadcasters are. Yes, I was going to say I would ex- 100% I would, I would do the same thing. I'm terrible. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I did want to briefly mention you know, free agency overall is about to begin. Enjoy the fun. Uh, but I have a source. For once, I have a source on something, and that never happens. Because I am a journalist, but I am not like a lightning beat reporter, so I don't really have sources. But I have a source, and this source has told me, and I, I know that I should be over it, but I'm not. And shut up and deal with it. <laughs> That's just all I have to say about that. Eric Carlson, I know I should be over it, but I'm not. So uh, my source I, that I trust very much mentioned that Carlson said that – it was uh, some, uh, he the, the source talked to Carlson. It was like you know what, you know what's your what's your plans all this stuff. Carlson said it's down to California, or Florida. I don't think it was going to the Panthers. It wasn't going to L.A. It wasn't going to Anaheim. So to me that means it was down to San Jose or Tampa. And so if San Jose didn't convince him to resign, he was going to Tampa. And I know that people were like, well that's too much money. You know he's got up there, blah blah. His injury history. Seeing Eric Carlson in Tampa would have been. Awesome, and it still breaks my heart. So, according to a source, I can finally say that. According to a source, Eric Carlson's final choices were San Jose and Tampa, and San Jose won it out. And so, the world may never know what could have happened. But either way, RIP. Um, I also wanted to mention officiating is changing. Won't get into that too much, just because we're not. It's not official, as well as it's still being a little figured out. But all you need to know, really, right now, is that a replay review is expanding, and b the league that you trust. The, the league that, that completely botched all replay review in the path, 
in the past, excuse me, is being trusted to fix it. And we all know that it's just going to be an absolute mess. So enjoy whatever garbage this year's replay review brings. <laughs> How's that? Agreed. <laughs> um, I'm going to delete these rants because we don't have time for them. I will briefly mention this. Enough with overreacting to one bad postseason. This team made deep playoff runs consistently with this core. Yes, change needs to happen. No, blowing it up is not the answer. No, size is not the end-all, be-all answer to everything. You need to have – they needed a little bit more size, sure, but it's a lack of size isn't the reason they got swept. It's a multitude of factors that we've delved into plenty of times before. And a lot of playoff hockey, honestly, bounce, it's, it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of bounces. Um, you could be incredible. You know, you'd be one of the best teams in the league and you just don't get the bounce. That, that happens. You know, they didn't respond well when that happened this year, but they've responded well in previous years and hopefully they can figure it out this year. So let's not overreact. Let's not blow it up. And let's remember that playoff hockey has as much to do with the skill, the talent, the system, the team, the coaches, the players, the GM, whatever, as it is to do with getting some good luck. That's my, my thoughts on that. So stop overreacting. One bad postseason. I hate it as much as you do. Trust me. Uh, Q&A. Let's go one-word answers here because we're running out of time. Uh, Matt asks, when is Schuster coming home? He's not. Uh, there you go. Michael Wax asks, China. <laughs> out of Pavelski, Zuccarello, or Williams, which would be the ve- best fit for the Bolts next season? Uh, Williams said he's only going to stay in Carolina, if I remember that correctly. Pavelski is going to be expensive, and I really strongly believe Zuccarello is going to stay in Dallas. That said, really, I thought he was going to. I think Zuccarello is going to go to the Rangers. I think he's go going back. back. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I don't. I don't see him coming to Tampa. Oh yeah. no, but he would fill what you were talking about, though. He uh, would playmaker he on would. the wing. I, would I think like that's what Pavelski, they thought though. Gord would. Out of those three, year. though, I, I would I would take Pavelski if they could afford him. Yeah, they, they can't definitely. But I'd like to see Pavelski. Uh, Mike asks a lot of M's here. Mike asks, do you think the new regime will have a talk with Cooper possibly about the troopers and maybe giving other people chances? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't think they're going to tell him how to coach. And the, I want to jump in on this one. If I can, the second part of Mike's question is, or continue to let them stand in the fire while their bridge is burning beneath them. (laughs) Um, and we just talked about Palat and Miller and Kalorn and the like. Now, Miller wasn't a trooper, obviously, but I do think that if this season did anything, it was a dose of humility to say, maybe we're not doing everything as well as we should. What adjustments can we make in order to make this happen? And I hope that Cooper introspectively says maybe Andre Pilat isn't a first-liner. Maybe Kalorn belongs on the third line in the PK only. Maybe Tyler Johnson isn't the same guy who scored all those goals and contributed assists and with his effort all the way around all year long anymore. And that's all I'll say about that. Well said. Uh, Malik asks, is Pilat on the top line and power play one again this year? Does Cooper take a reality pill and move him down to the third line? I sure think I, you know what I don't know. I think <laughs> I it's pronounced. It's just like I yeah. think it's got to be pronounced Malak, just like Palat, right? M A L A K. And that is the most analysis you'll get from us on that question because who knows? <laughs> I don't oh, think man. he will be moved. He's down. not going to get. Yeah, he's. I don't think he gets top line, but he's going to get every benefit of the doubt there is. He'll get top six because he's really good defensively and blah blah blah. 
Uh, Tyler asks, what is it with the Bolts and undrafted Q free agents, as in the QMJHL? What caused the team to keep going back to that well, and why aren't other teams beating them to guys like ABB? Uh, to me, Can I take it? Uh, go oh, for sorry. it. I, go ahead. I was say really briefly, the Marty St. Louis effect. People are – these undrafted smaller players are saying, oh, well, the, you know, the Lightning are great with smaller guys, and they just go to that well. And, and I, I think it's a lot of interest on both sides as it is the Lightning. I'm sure other teams are interested in Alex Bray-Boulay. Um, they definitely didn't beat him to the punch or make a good enough offer, obviously. But Mario St. Louis started it. Then you got Tyler Johnson. Then you got all the, you know, Yanni Gord and then Bray Boulet. It's an endless cycle. And I think so. players, Marcia So, yeah. You're seeing these guys get inspired and going, okay, even if I don't end up playing for this team down the line, aka Marcia So, you know, I, I can, you know, they, they're the ones that give me a chance and let me play my game and I can grow and become the player that I think I can be. Yeah, Montreal was in on Barry Boulet and didn't land him. And it was partly the. Um, partly the Iserman factor, and a lot of it was the Lightning now have a reputation of being able to develop these guys, so they're seeing their path to the NHL with Tampa, and why the Q? I think you look at Brisebois and his, the relationships he oh, has. Bonjour. But uh, more importantly, the Q has a little bit more space than does the OHL and WHL, and most uh, prospects were taken out of the WHL than any other league this year. OHL was second in the draft. Um, the Q has more space, which means you're able to showcase your speed and hockey sense and overall skill a little bit better. So some of the smaller players that don't get drafted because of their size or lack of speed um, show up better in the Q. So then you throw all of that together, and that's how that pipeline's begun. Well said. Mike asks, are you nervous about going to the new season if the team stands pat again for the most part? I, for one, am a believer in that change is necessary in order to keep people honest and always giving it 100% because it shows you you'll be replaced otherwise. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm nervous if the team stands pat. I mean, they've shown already that they're going to make some moves. Miller's already gone. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't see being nervous. I just, I, to me, it's a whole overreaction thing. I know that they had a bad postseason. I hated it. I hated it. So don't don't, you know, misquote me on that. But it's also like I also hope that they learn their lesson from this. And I would like to see maybe a, a size a sized skilled player like a Babelski. Um, although he's not necessarily size, but he's you know, a gritty skilled player, perhaps is a better term. I'd like to see that. Maybe a right handed defenseman to round out the core. But this like I said, this team has gone on so many deep playoff runs. It's not like they forgot how to play playoff hockey. I think they just they drank their own Kool-Aid and got too cocky. And I really hope that the humility taught them, you know, that 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 you can't do that. That hockey is anything can happen. So we'll see. But I I wouldn't say I'm nervous if they bring this same team back that literally set records um, and just had just the worst week of their life. I'm uh, not nervous about it. I would like to see one of the Norfolk guys move. And I think that will be enough of a breakup of what has been for so long that will add a freshness to it moving forward. But not nervous. Uh, Tyler asks, Tambay appears to be going towards high floor for their first round picks lately, namely those footboys, with the home run swings coming later, like Sammy Walker, Mikhail 2.0, etc. What's the just like psychology behind this? Psychology. Wow, I can't speak English. Um, I think it would just be... Uh, they want high. They need high end 
quality producing players. And I don't mean that in terms of Stamkos' and Kucherov's. I mean that in terms of they need guys on cheap entry-level contracts who can come in and can play well enough to where, you know, they they can fill in those lower lines of that quote-unquote depth. Um, that's just my thoughts. So, like, Nolan Foote, yes, a little bit of reach. He fills a little bit of what they need, which I'm not big on drafting for need. I like, I like skill and drafting the best player available, personally. Um, but if they honestly think that the Foot brothers can, can get their feet beneath them and skate better, then, especially Nolan more than Cal, um, then why not go for that high floor and see if that high floor is enough to where they can produce? Now, they're not going to get a Stamkos or a Kucherov out of it, but maybe those later home run swings, you know, it's a more efficient way to do it than swinging early, which is what Eiserman has done in the past with those first round picks and seeing them blow up. You know, Vasilevsky is really the only first round pick that Eisman made that was good. That was also a home run. You know, Cuckoo had injury hit issues. Connolly just wasn't the same player that they thought he'd be. Um, D'Angelo, you know, Druin, maturity issues. So they, they made some swings there and they just didn't pay off. And maybe it's a, a good idea to go for floor. Yeah, I think you hit it there at the end where. They, I'm glad that you agree with things I say. It makes me happy every time I say something. Um, like, I agree completely. I'm like, yes. I agree completely. Ego. Uh, at least with the end there, they have taken some swings, and D'Angelo was a huge swing. Uh, I still don't know how Druin didn't work out, but that's another story. Um, in order for the Iser plan to work, there has to be that feed that's filling that's feeding the um, NHL club, and the probability of a top. Uh, or a second or third round pick is like 30%, I think, maybe even a little bit less. And then after, and then fourth and after, it goes way down. So you have to have some kind of system where it is feeding. And I think the high floor guys, and Cal Foot was taken right where he should have been taken. So that's not necessarily one. But um, Nolan Foot is a pretty high floor guy, um, as the question asker mentioned. But you're almost guaranteed that he's going to be an NHL or it's just is he going to be a second liner or is he going to be a third or fourth liner? So, you know, you're getting someone there so you can kind of put it in ink for three years down the line that he's going to be there. And then you look at some guys that have slipped and then you take your chances on the Kucherovs and you take your chances on the um, Chaik, uh, Chaik Kinorek, all right, Max, the second round pick. I know, I practiced, <laughs> I practiced for like 15 minutes saying that name, but I can't. But what they've been able to do too is they're still taking these safe picks in between. Like Braden Point was a rather safe pick. You knew he was probably going to make it, but not to the level that he was. Um, yeah, and then the year they took three second rounders with Radish and Kachuk and um, one more. Uh, not important now, but. Um, kind of the same thing they've got a nice balance thing going on anyway final question from mark my question for the show should the bolts trade gore to the west and then sign pavelski i'm all in on the pavelski wagon if we can afford him uh i i would much preferred if it was if it was a different mid mid money guy i like gord i think he brings a lot to the forecheck i think he does a lot of the his almost all of his goals come in that dirty area that you mm-hmm. need to have some goals in so I don't want to see Gord moved. I honestly don't. I know that he doesn't have the, the no trade clause right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I just I do not want to see Gord moved unless they have to clear space. Even still, like try to get a waived no trade clause from a Johnson, from a Palat, from a Kalorn. Um, Would you rather have 
Tyler Johnson or Yanni Gord on the wing? Yanni Gord. You had to choose one of them. You would. I think Johnson – I mean, Johnson put up 29 goals. It's not like a question that he can score. He can't. Right. But the issue that I had was he put up 29 goals on the line with Kucherov and Point, who were, you know, how much of that was him and how much of that was playing with others? Because how many assists did he have? Uh, the 14. answer is – 14. 14. Well, beat me to it. The answer is 14. You play, you play with a guy that put up 128 points, another guy that put up 90, and you had 14 assists? I know some of that was power play. I know. But it doesn't show me a lot of driving. I know that that's, that's a very basic statistic, but even the analytics underneath it, which I'm not going to get into because they're, they're, I don't have them in front of me, and there's just a lazy answer, but also because they're way too complex. It just doesn't show me someone who drives a line. He's a complimentary player. Yeah, not, that Gord, not, a, not that Gord's a driver, but to me, Gord's ability to get to the front of the net consistently and score goals there compared to Johnson, who plays a much more perimeter-based game with two guys on the line that also play a perimeter-based game, I'd rather have Gord. Yeah, Johnson doesn't possess the puck very often and very long. Uh, he, he used to be able to get away with things because of his speed, but now everyone's fast. Right. Yes, that is a great point. I agree completely, Andrew. Um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I agree with that. Also, you look at are you creating space off the, off the rush? Are you winning battles along the wall? Are you going to the hard areas uh, to – get your nose dirty and, and even getting uh, rebound assist that really wasn't happening. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Gord as well. Although the body of work for Johnson is a little bit bigger, but yeah, I was just curious what your answer would be there. Yeah. And that is our final question. Chad, anything else you'd like to add before we call it a night? Um, I think Gord fits better in the East than the West, to go back to Mark's question. But moving someone to get Pavelski in, I think, might be the final piece necessary. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, folks, thank you for joining us once again on Training Camp Numbers. Training Camp begins tomorrow for the Tampa Bay Lightning we shall see what they do as the next season is already beginning. Just kidding. It's not nearly close enough to October, and hockey is still far away, which is depressing. So let our wonderful, terrible jokes and analysis fill your ears until then. Uh, for Chad Schnarr, I'm Andrew Weiss saying good night and enjoy some random hockey players wearing the number 57. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>